Today is a really exciting episode. We are bringing on our very first podcast guest, Natalie Norcross. She is a PR professional who specializes in public relations for interior designers. Natalie is a highly creative, innovative, entrepreneurial, and accomplished founder and CEO of a design partnership with extensive experience in public relations. And she's most recently launched Interior Design PR, a DIY public relations platform for interior designers. Natalie is an LA girl now living in the South with her husband and three boys. She is a CEO, coach, and advisor to interior designers looking to level up their business. Natalie doesn't believe you need fancy skills or an inside connection to be featured in top media publications like El Decor and Architectural Digest. And today, Natalie is going to share with us her PR expertise and insider secrets so you can leverage the media, grow your audience, and be seen. A quick note to our listeners, today we experienced a little internet glitch, so about halfway through the episode, you're going to hear me go away altogether, but Leslie keeps the show going and it's still a great episode. So here's to hashtag real life. Today's episode is brought to you by Designers Oasis. I wanted to create an online hub for designers to access resources to help you run your business. Designers Oasis is a place to get time-saving and confidence-boosting design resources. Start with the free space planning quick reference guide, a printable to make space planning quick and effortless. You can also access the Canva templates for interior designers, now available in a bundle. Right now, our podcast listeners can get 10% off any of the Canva templates for interior designers. Just use the code DGCCANVA10 at checkout. That's DGCCANVA10 at checkout. Head over to designersoasis.com and stop going alone. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design business and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. And now on to episode 37, Get Published with Natalie Norcross. Good morning, Natalie. How are you? Thanks for being here today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking with you guys today. We are too. And uh, you are our inaugural first guest on the podcast. So we're very excited to have you. And we are very interested in the services that you are providing. We think that you have a really unique perspective on public relations and how it relates to the interior design community. And we think that our listeners are going to be very happy to hear about what you have to share. So, um, and Leslie's here with us too. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, ladies. Yeah, I'm super excited for this conversation because I've tried to get published a lot and have not been wildly successful. So I am into this conversation from a learning perspective as much as I am as helping lead it. So Natalie, we're so excited to have you here. And I know that I'm going to learn a lot from what you're going to bring to the table today. So thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited. Before we get started, Natalie, tell us just a little bit about yourself and how did you get into public relations? Did you did you start in PR or did you start somewhere else and transition into this field? Great question. So I actually started my career as an interior designer. I had a, a pretty successful interior design firm that I sold in May of 2008. 
Um, and in October 2008, the market crashed. And so I was just about to ask, <laughs> that's an interesting time to have done that. I know it was really great timing. And I didn't have a crystal ball. It just kind of happened naturally. Um, but I did have, you know, many colleagues in the industry, designers and architects ask if I can help them with marketing and business development. And that's how the agency was born. Um, and so since then, you know, we've been so blessed to just serve interior designers and the interior design community and architects in growing their businesses and kind of coming alongside them, partnering with them and um, creating, you know, growth strategies. Um, I really grew my design firm on the backs of PR and I'm a firm believer uh, in PR. I haven't found any better resource to grow my audience, email list and sales. And so I just really believe that leveraging the media is um, a great place to grow an interior design business. Absolutely. And I, I, I think that for a lot of designers, their first publication or just even attempting to get published can be a very intimidating and daunting task. And so having somebody like you that not only understands public relations, but you understand it from truly from an interior designer's perspective, um, I think that makes you pretty uniquely positioned in this in this arena. So I imagine you've got all eyes and ears on you right now. Thank you. And what's really fun is since we've launched interiordesignpr.com, part of the membership includes one-on-one consultations with me. And so we've had some really cool members of our community, you know, schedule a consultation and even beyond PR, just say like, what should I put in my contracts? And um, how could I market my business, you know, in other ways, or I really want to grow. And so it's been really wonderful for me just to be able to kind of give back and um, help and serve designers in areas of their business, even beyond PR, which is exciting. Well, and I was just going to ask, it seems to me, when you're thinking about getting published, or that's a goal of yours, that it really is something that should be strategized long before you get your I mean, Ideally, we all have clients, but when you start to think about what are the right kinds of clients, what are the right kinds of projects, if PR and getting published is a goal of yours, then that could probably inform you know, who your ideal client is, what are your ideal projects, what kind of publications are you wanting to get published in so that you can tailor the work that you do for those kinds of, of publications. Because, I mean, I would just imagine if you, know, if you want to become sort of an influencer and you want to have brand partnerships getting published in. And forgive me if any of this is very naive because I, I know nothing about the world of PR, but I would imagine you would have perhaps a different goal in the kind of projects than you're doing than if you're doing aiming for something like El Decor or Architectural Digest. So is that true? Do you think you can help people with their businesses so that they can get the right kinds of projects and position themselves for the kinds of publications thereafter? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we find that most of our clients are looking for better quality and less quantity. So instead of taking, you know, 20 uh, smaller projects, they would prefer to up level to 10 quality projects. And so uh, PR is really great for that because it really does help to kind of elevate your brand. That third party recognition is just wonderful to be able to say, I was featured in El Decor Architectural Digest to um, your community, as well as, you know, having that regional press, because a lot of times, you know, as you get featured regionally, uh, new clients will be, you know, reading the newspaper or reading the lifestyle magazine in their area um, and find you that way as well. So a good mix of like regional and national coverage is usually the strategy that we create for our full service clients 
And it's also part of the uh, strategy within interiordesignpr.com. So as a member, um, you get a full rundown of a public relations plan and a strategy. Um, and it's really easy You kind of download the document and then put your company's information and it kind of walks you through some steps to get really clear on what your messaging strategy should be. Um, and then that's a great document just to be able to use for yourself on what type of messaging strategy and what type of outlets that you, you know, would like to go after, but also to share with anybody on your team. If you do have someone on your team, um, it's nice to be able to share that vision with them or collaborate with them and have them involved in what um, that strategy looks like as well. And so, you know, fine tuning your messaging strategy and really looking at how you're going to expand and expose your brand, uh, I think is just a, a really great exercise to run through as a design business. Yeah. And Natalie, I love that you talked about regional press, because I think that's something that as designers, you know, we always want to be in El Decor or the really big ones. But I imagine there is a lot of value in being published locally. So is that something you tend to have to educate designers on? I mean, you know, we all want we all want the big press mentions, but are you seeing clients get better results with more local publications? Or is it kind of a mix and, you know, having both kind of press mentions on your website and in your history is really helpful to grow your business? Yeah, it really depends on the company. So we find that if it's a company that is looking for more clients, then you probably want to get 80% regional and 20% national. Um, and then if you are just wanting to up-level quality, you might want to do 50-50, like 50% regional, 50% national. And then if you're really just wanting to grow the brand because you would like to eventually do licensing partnerships or something, you know, grow an e-commerce site or something beyond interior design services, then that would probably look more like 80% national, 20% regional. Um, so it really depends on kind of like the goals that a design business has. Um, but through our membership, most of the editor emails that we provide are for that national um, coverage and the national publications. So every member, um, I always just suggest to send us an email with which region that you're in, and then we will pull a regional list directly for you and your region so that you can also uh, reach out to them as well. Um, and then I do highly suggest either scheduling a consult with us or um, sending me an email and saying, you know, these are some of my goals, and then I can help to guide each member as to, you know, how much they should be spending or how much they should be focused on in terms of regional and national coverage. I want to back up here for a second because I want to make sure that our listeners have a really clear understanding of what you, the two offerings that you have. So you have a full service public relations company that is focused on interior designers, and that's a design partnership, correct? Correct. Yes. And full service, that pretty much means like we are going to pitch you directly to the magazines and we're going to get you press both regionally and nationally on a regular basis. And so that those programs are really great for interior designers that have um, grossed over $2 million annually um, in revenue in their business. Usually for full service, just the price point is a little bit higher. So uh, we recommend if you are an interior design business that's grossing over $2 million a year, then our full service offerings are perfect for you. So that makes so much sense. So then you recognized a need for designers who maybe haven't met that milestone yet, but still could benefit from public relations. And so you created a DIY public relations platform 
that's a membership site, correct? And yes. jump in at any time if I'm misspeaking. <laughs> and so, and that's called Interior Design PR. And of course, we're going to link to all of this in our show notes. So when you're talking about the, that's what you're talking about. I think we lost Kate. So I'll jump in and kind of try to take over that question. So Interior Design PR is really more of the DIY membership version of your full service, a design partnership. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So this is what we've really found in the last 10 years is thousands of designers, you know, come to us wanting PR um, for their business in order to grow, but they're not quite ready for the full service yet, or they can't afford like a full service program. Um, So we recently, um, actually on February 3rd, we launched interiordesignpr.com, which is a membership site. And it's a DIY PR service where we give you all the tools that you need to get published. So we have pitches in there that are really simple to download, change your business name, upload your photos, and send directly to editors. And included in the membership is also editor email addresses. Um, So we really take all the work out of it and make it really simplified so that uh, designers can get themselves published through a DIY membership platform. I love that because I have tried what, you know, what is in my toolbox and in my power to get press and I really haven't been that successful and I'm sure there are things I could do better and improve on. What's what's a big mistake you see designers making when they are trying to get press on their own? Um I mean, I think that the hardest thing is just not even knowing what to do or where to get started. Um, So we have a lot of really great tools. We have what's called a getting published guide, which I highly recommend uh, when you start your membership to kind of read through. Um, And it really just gives you a step-by-step on to, you know, what to do, what is a pitch, um, how to send one out, uh, when is a good time to follow up with an editor. Um, If you have a really valuable project that you really feel like is a special project, you know, whether you should decide to pitch that as an exclusive project or not? And what does an exclusive project pitch even mean? Um, So a lot of it is just informative, really giving you all the tools to understand PR a little bit more intimately. Um, And then we really create all of the pitches for you. So every month we upload in our premier membership, uh, we upload six new pitches every single month. And we do recommend that designers send out anywhere from four to six pitches every month in order to get press regularly. Wow. I wouldn't have thought it was that high. Yeah. I love that. And the reason is, is because a lot of the pitches that we provide are what we call a product pitch, an expert pitch, and an influencer pitch. And so editors are looking for, you know, experts like yourself, like interior designers that want to be published. And so these are, um, you know, expert pitches that, You can attach, like, for instance, we just uploaded one that's light-filled breakfast rooms. Um, And it talks all about, like, the trend of light-filled breakfast rooms. You can, you know, upload all of your breakfast rooms and then send that out to the editors in the email list. And then we also add 200 new editor emails every month. Um, So as you become a member, you know, throughout the course of your membership, you're continually kind of growing your editor email list and your reach as well. That's fantastic. I want to circle back to something you mentioned about 
an exclusive pitch. And I want to make sure that I'm understanding and that our listeners are as well. So I've always thought when it comes to pitching, you really can't share anything that's already been shared. You have to keep it under wraps. Is that what you mean by exclusive where that project, those photos haven't been featured somewhere else? Yeah. So if you have a signature full home project that you really feel like you want it to get a great story and be exclusive, then we don't recommend that you put that on your website or any of your social media channels. And then you uh, pitch that directly to editors. Okay. So, but that means there are non-exclusive opportunities. So if you have a project that has been previously published on your own website or blog, are editors still looking for things like that as well? Because I've always shied away from pitching anything that I've already shared, but is there is there a space for that? Absolutely. So if you do, for instance, let's just say you wanted an exclusive and it ran in an exclusive story, you can actually, once it's run exclusively, still share that with other outlets. You know, Eldecor might pick it up um, online. They might not do as big of a feature, but you can still get a lot of coverage from it. An example of that is we had one client who had this beautiful project. We pitched it exclusively. Uh, We got it picked up by a major national publication doing a 12-page spread. We also pitched that same project once it went live to several other outlets, and it got picked up that one project over 60 times. Holy smokes. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So what if... You know, what if you've already got a project that say you've shared it on your blog, you've shared it on your social, is that still appropriate to then go pitch for press coverage? Or is that kind of like, no, it's already been seen. People aren't interested in showing things that have already made their way on the internet, maybe not through a a press outlet, but you know, on your own Instagram website, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you can pitch that as a non-exclusive story. Um, And typically, you know, stories like that will run online and not in print. Um, And it might be a smaller story than if it was like a larger exclusive. And so we do recommend if you do have, you know, a signature project, just hold off, don't put put it on your website or your social until until you, you know, pitch it and get it picked up. And then you can, you know, put it everywhere. But if you have already shared it on your blog, you shared it in your social, maybe in some email newsletters or on your website, then definitely still pitch it and just know that, you know, it's not going to be covered exclusively. I had no idea that was a real possibility. And I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, we've all heard about the exclusive and you have to keep photos under wraps. And I've always operated like that, but I love that you're letting us know that there's room for other press opportunities. There's room for other ways to get our work shared. That doesn't mean we have to sit on photos for eight months while we hope to get an exclusive on something. Absolutely. Or, you know, what's also really great is you could take like six of your projects and do a kitchen roundup and showcase like all of your favorite kitchens, or you could do bathroom roundups and like all of your favorite bathrooms. And that could just be a pitch in itself. Um, so you can really, you know, take a project and, and use its legs, you know, get as much coverage as you can from it and break it up into pieces or just show colorful living rooms, colorful family rooms, you know, the best playrooms and all the playrooms you've ever done, you know, put them together in, um, in a story. So things like that, you know, are really great to just get some leverage. And that makes a lot of sense. Cause I see a lot of, you know, the big design publications on their websites, they do roundups like roundups like that, you know, the best colorful living rooms, the best open concept kitchens. I never thought about taking, you know, our own work, our own projects and pitching them in a way I've always just looked at it. Like I finish a project, here's the photos. Let me throw it out there and see what happens. But I love that you're giving us a new way to look at press and how we can reframe content we already have 
to really meet an editor's needs. Absolutely. And what's really great as part of our membership, uh, we also include 15 editorial calendars for design publications. So all the 2020 editorial calendars are in there. Really simple. You'd like click on the logo, download the editorial calendar. I highly recommend picking your five favorite publications, downloading the editorial calendars, and really reading through them, getting intimate with them, understanding like what are they going to be writing about in April, in June, in September. Because if you tailored your pitches to their editorial calendars, the likelihood of you getting picked up is that much greater. Yeah, but you've got to hit editors at the right, at the right time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, timing is a big key factor in PR. And with our full service, you know, all of our um, PR team knows the editors calendars intimately, you know, we're highly engaged with them, we have close relationships with them, we know what they have coming online for short lead and long lead. Um, so you know, becoming intimate with those editorial calendars is really great. And then just editor relationship building, again, pick your top five favorite publications and start building a relationship with those editors. I mean, that's highly, highly valuable for your business. Can you very quickly explain the difference between short lead and long lead? Because I think these are terms that we hear and I'm, I myself kind of think I sort of know, but I've never actually consulted an expert to find out what they mean to us and also what that means from a, a, a pitching perspective of what we need to know about those two timelines. Can you sort of explain long lead versus short lead? Yeah, absolutely. So short lead is something that is going to be published in the next, you know, zero to three months. Long lead is something that's six to nine months. So typically a long lead story might be something that's going in print. Um, you know, editors are working three to four months out on any print stories, just making sure that they get, you know, all the high res images in for the prints to go through production. Um, so short lead is just typically something that's going to go online or run fairly quickly. Um, and then long lead is something that's probably a bigger story or in a print that um, has a little bit longer of a lead time. That makes sense. And that's smart. You know, it sounds like six to nine months feels so long, but I guess it isn't really, you know, by the time the editors actually get the content from you, put everything together you know, they need that time and you need to be prepared to work around their timelines for that, correct? Correct. Yes, absolutely. I know you you have said that media needs content. It needs stories and ideas from regular people like you and me. So obviously, yes, media does need content, but what does that mean exactly? What kind of content should we be creating? How do we start to get that, you know, curated and put together and in the right place in front of the right people? Yeah, great question. So uh, if you look back over the last 10 years, the world of publication has changed so much. We've had a lot less print, a lot more digital and a lot more content um, that we're digesting on a regular basis. And because of that, you know, editors are really in need of content. They're looking for um, really, really great content. And so, you know, any content that aligns with that publication, you know, is worthy of press. So again, getting familiar with, you know, what they're what type of content that they're writing about, you know, are they writing about summer design trends or bringing the outdoors in for summer or spring refresh? You know, what are what type of content are they interested in? And reviewing those calendars is really helpful so that you can serve up the content that they will be sharing according to their editorial calendar. Um, and so, you know, we really believe and know that interior designers, you guys work on great, beautiful projects. Um, and just being able to utilize that content in, you know, different areas, different ways, 
to, you know, serve to editors is wonderful and valuable because, you know, they are really needing content. I love that. And I think it's a good reminder is, you know, it feels like the market is so saturated and everybody's trying to get press. But what you're saying is, you know, with the right content, the right angle and the right timing, there's really room for all of us to have opportunities for press and to be seen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer in abundance. You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. There's a ton of press. There's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of um, publications and outlets. Um, you can even look beyond design and lifestyle. Um, you know, we've pitched bachelor pads to GQ magazine. Uh, we've had, you know, entrepreneurs that are doing great things in their business featured in Entrepreneur Magazine or Forbes or Huffington Post. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at how to, you know, angle your business, how to leverage, how to pitch it in unique ways. Um, so, you know, be creative, think outside of the box and uh, look at ways even beyond the design community that you can get some really great press coverage. I think that's great, you know, because I think we all think of the the big shelter mags as to be, you know, the goals for, for press mentions. But do you see value in designers, you know, reaching out to other magazines. And I'm asking this because I had an opportunity a few summers ago to be quoted in Women's Health Magazine. And it was an article about, you know, they were consulting experts about improving X, Y, and Z in your life. And one of them was interior design. I was so grateful for that mention. It didn't have my, you know, didn't have any of my images, didn't show a lot about me or my brand, but I figure, you know, can't hurt to get your name in a, in a pretty well-known magazine. So where do you see that kind of falling in the value of PR? Like I would assume a long lead big feature is kind of like the holy grail of being recognized in the media world. What kind of other ways can designers look outside the box for press and how how useful do you think it is? Is it worthy to do that or should the focus really be more on getting your pictures published to start getting that recognition and getting people excited about you and your brand and your work? Yeah, I mean I have two stories for this. So one is I know a pretty well-known big time architect in Los Angeles who actually started his business by being featured in top airline magazines. And the guy was kind of genius in realizing when he was flying on a flight is the only way, like the best way for him to capture these high net worth individuals attention is on an airplane. That's so So smart. Got featured on all the airline magazines and grew his company from that. And I mean, I think his minimum architectural fee these days is probably 10 million. I mean, he's, he's pretty big. So such a genius idea, right? I mean, that's when you're thinking outside of the box, like just think of unique ways like that, that you can really leverage, like how, who is my ideal client? What are they reading? How do I get in front of them? Maybe they're reading departures magazine because they're an American express holder. Um, or Rob Report, you know, because that audience is definitely high influential um, type of audience. So I would highly recommend that. And then I think just like the new wave of people being aware of your environment and how it does affect your health. And, you know, like you're saying, health magazines and uh, things of that nature, you know, speaking to that, if that's something that is really exciting for you and a part of how you run your business or how you, you know, design someone's home is thinking about well-being and, and their health then, you know, provide yourself as an expert to those types of opportunities. I love that. So, you know, I think it's great to get people thinking about sort of going outside the typical shelter box to look for press opportunities. And you're right, sort of thinking about where your clients are, what they're reading, you might be able to reach them in a really unexpected way, which is 
genius. So, you know, say we've got a solid pitch, we've looked at editorial calendars and lead times, and we have the name and email address of an editor. What's a little tweak or something that you think designers could improve on to actually get an editor to open that email and take a look at our pitch? Because I'm sure a lot of these come through and editors are busy and stuff gets ignored. So how would you suggest designers get that little spark in their email to make an editor want to open and take a look at what's inside? I mean, I think you should become a member of interiordesignpr.com. <laughs> no, I'm, and the reason I say that is because we create really captivating subject lines with all the pitches. And I think a lot of it is about the subject line. Um, and so included in all the pitches is an eye-catching, you know, very interesting type of subject line. Um, and I think sometimes that's important for editors, you know, to read as they're going through their email box. And so I think, you know, subject lines are great. And then just making sure you have good quality content. It's not about quantity. It is about quality. I'm a firm believer that PR is a marathon. It's not a race. The more that you can regularly be published every month on a monthly basis, the better it is for your brand. And the reason being is because you're continually getting exposure. Um, as you get press in Forbes and, you know, El Decor and Architectural Digest, you can put that on your website, you can share that in press articles, you can share that on your social media channels, you can add that into email newsletters and send that out to clients. And it's just regular content that you know, you can use for your audience as well as you know, gaining new audience and traffic to your site. Um, and so I'm a firm believer in focusing on PR as a marathon and not a race. That's a great perspective that this is kind of an ongoing slow ride. It's not you get published once and it's a magic bullet that has kind of made your business successful, quote unquote. That's a great way to look at it. You might not get a million phone calls by being featured in, you know, Architectural Digest the first time, but you know, the more that you can continually get published on a regular basis and utilize that to grow your audience, reach out to your audience, add that to your social channels, the better it is for your business and your brand long term. So when it comes to subject lines, you mentioned that was an important thing and I absolutely see that. Do you encourage people to sort of be clever and quirky or is it more about just clear and concise? Because for me, when I've ever pitched an editor, I've probably been boring, honestly, in the subject line and just, you know, kind of said what it is a before and after for your blah, blah issue or something that was very descriptive. Do you encourage designers to be a little bit more creative or, you know, is there a way that you can be more engaged? I guess what I'm asking is, I have so many questions, this is a great topic, is being clear and simple and direct best? Or is there a way to do subject lines that have a bit of a hook to get people to open it? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the subject line just has to be clear, concise and informative. And it depends on the editor. Um, and as you build relationships with editors, you might find that, you know, some editors do like a little bit of like fun and quirkiness and others do not, right? So Again, it's like knowing your audience. How are you speaking to your editor? How are you, like, who is that editor? And building that relationship with them. Um, but if we're just going to look at it as like a blanket and like, this is what I should do for every subject line, I think just like clear, easy, concise, and informative. That's awesome. So stick with clear and easy and concise. But as you get to know people and know what they're looking for, you can flower things up a little and put a bit of pizzazz on it. Yeah, make it personal, you know, and because you do have a relationship with them, right? So it's like hearing from your really good friend 
about, you know, something or over a cup of coffee, right? So you, you making it very personal, I think is great. So how do you build relationships with editors? You've mentioned that a few times, and I've heard that before, and it makes so much sense. You know, people want to work with people they know, like, and trust. You have to have that relationship with these people so that they know, like, and trust you. But if, you know, the editor is someone you have never met, don't have any mutual connections, is someone who maybe is higher profile, how do you actually start to build relationships? Is this just via email? Do you use social to start engaging? Or is there another way to start getting on their radar and, you know, being being someone they want to be talking with instead of just someone who keeps pitching things and won't leave them alone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's several different ways. So, you know, starting introductions by, you know, email is always great. Connecting with them on social and engaging on their social channels is wonderful. Um, and then any networking events that they're going to be at, or if they're speaking at panels to try to go and have some face-to-face time and get to know them, you know, one-on-one, body-to-body is always great as well. So I think as a strategy and a tactic, really looking at those three categories, email, social, and then, you know, face-to-face with networking events. I've never thought about face-to-face. That's bold to go try to meet somebody and make that connection, but I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to be proactive, right? I mean, that's part of PR is really being, you know, proactive, going out there and building the relationships and and making it happen, just like with anything in your business, you know, the more proactive that you are, then the more successful it's going to be. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I love that interiordesignpr.com is really your your platform for empowering and teaching people to get press. It doesn't have to be this exclusive, crazy high-end thing that's out of reach that you know, you are, you're bringing it down to a lot of designers who probably have not met that 2 million threshold and maybe haven't been in business long enough to have more than a couple photograph projects under their belt. So kudos to you for that. And I think this audience is really going to love what you have to offer and enjoy learning how to do things themselves. So thank you for having such a fabulous platform and making this not such a scary topic for designers. Oh, thank you. I know. I really love it. I'm just so passionate about helping designers grow their firms and really just on a mission to support and encourage women and men to reach for more. You know, I do, I truly do get kind of pumped up about making sure interior designers understand just how easy public relations really can be. Um, as long as they have the tools and a few strategies to get there. Yeah, I think having the tools and knowing what the next steps are is so important because it does feel overwhelming. And, you know, it's there's that definition of insanity as doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I feel like with me, with pitching for press, I am in insanity mode. I'm like, I just keep doing this and it's not getting me where I want to be. What is happening here? Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. I think that's great. Just getting, utilizing some new tools and resources and um, being able to, you know, achieve that goal is definitely within arm's reach now that we have a wonderful platform available and excited that we finally launched it. It's been in the works for some time and I'm really happy to be able to help and serve designers build their business. I'm I'm so excited for you and for the community that you're building. And I just, I'm so grateful there's that resource out there and that you, that you're here today sharing with us. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Natalie. I think you're going to help a lot of people with the resources and the community that you are out there creating. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful for you and the time that you've spent to talk about this and appreciate your time and hope that you have massive success. Well, thank you. And I have one final question before we wrap up and it's kind of off topic, but I want to know 
We, Kate and I love books. We are avid readers. We are always talking about books on the show. And we get asked all the time by our designers who are, you know, in our community on Instagram and who listen to the podcast, what our sort of must read books are or things that we found really valuable. So do you have any, any books, whether they're about PR or business or whatever, anything you've read lately that you think our audience would love? Oh my gosh. I love books. So for several years, I've read a book a month and I have a very long re- recommended book list that I'm happy to share with anybody on the audience. If they want to send me an email, um, I'd be more than happy to share that book list with them. Some of the ones on the top of my list that I do reread several times is um, Think and Grow Rich. <gasps> so good. Such a great one. Um, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success is really great. And I love... Dave Ramsey's financial piece. Um, I've read that one several times, several years ago, but it's just something I've been recommending to a lot of people lately. And um, his books are just really wonderful. And so that's also been a really great one that I love sharing with others as well. That is fabulous. Thank you for that. And Natalie, where can people find you? I know we've talked about interiordesignpr.com. So obviously that's a starting point. And you've got a really great free download on there that I think our listeners would be interested in. So guys, check that out. But where can people find you and connect with you best online? Absolutely. Um, So you can email me directly on interiordesignpr.com. There is a contact section on the bottom Um, And you could just enter in your info there or also uh, send me an email at hello at interiordesignpr.com and I will get right back with you. Our phone number is also on there. So feel free to call us as well if you would prefer to have a phone chat rather than send an email. That's awesome. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for being here for so generously sharing your expertise with our audience. And I hope that interiordesignpr.com is absolutely thriving for you and really making a huge impact with designers. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback. For more designers getting coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.